What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. There are two different types of men. They've all got dicks, but one is a man. He knows the difference between asking you out, checking in to see you got home safe. That's the man. The boy like, hey, I'm the deal. I'm the girl in the relationship. That's the boy. They're children. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for, but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hello, my beautiful besties, and welcome to a brand new Almost Adulting episode with me, your best friend, your big sister, and the host of the show, (laughs) Violet Benson. Okay, today we have the amazing Patty from Millionaire's Matchmaker. She's iconic. She's been in the show before, and today she's here to tell you exactly the fact that he's just not that into you, or he's wasting your time, or how to get that ring, and how to properly date to find the man of your dreams. She is amazing. And just when I thought she couldn't do a better episode than the one she was on before, she fucking killed it. And the perfect expert to close off this month on the podcast of love and relationships. And again, if you missed last week's episode, which was four ways to self-love, go listen to it. It was a solo episode. You guys loved it so much. I don't blame you. I loved writing it. I love recording it. And it was everything. You guys should have that episode saved. And whenever you're feeling low, listen to it because it'll make you feel like the bad bitch that you are. Before we get started with Patty, I had a few thoughts. Number one, I finally had my first ever live show. It was scary. It was exciting. It was a lot of nerves. It was everything. Is it better than an orgasm? No, I won't lie. It's not. Is it everything I thought it was going to be? No, also no. (laughs) So that's just the truth. It wasn't. Um, (laughs) But I'm happy that it was over. I want to thank again everyone that was able to make it to my show this Monday at the Hollywood Improv. Yeah, like the fact that my first show ever, I got to perform in the Hollywood Improv where every iconic comedian ever performed. That was so cool. I think I had a little over 100 people. It was very intimate. And then afterwards, we had a meet and greet for like an hour or two. So that was really fun, too. And I got to meet a lot of you. I had no idea what I was doing. I actually, I think I accidentally was talking to one of my agents when they called me to come downstairs. So I completely missed my entrance. And then the first, I think, 20, 30 minutes, I was shaking. People just couldn't tell. But I was so nervous and scared. I ended up like kind of standing in a corner (laughs) of the stage the whole time to kind of get through my nerves. I got to learn afterwards what I liked about my act, what I didn't. I got to get over my nerves of having a first time. You know, it's kind of like the first time you try anal. The first time, it's it's whatever. The second time, you're like, yeah, we fine, whatever. We can do it. I just... Just don't come inside my butthole because then I'll be constipated. It's it's like a fact. So if you never had anal and you're planning on doing it, make sure no one comes inside because then you'll be constipated. It's a real thing. So you're welcome. <laughs> 
anal 101. So after doing my show, one thing I learned is that I can definitely do it again. Secondly, I will forever be thankful for the people who were able to make it to my Monday night first almost adulting show that we got to record the friendship breakup episode. It'll be in August because August is all about cheating and breakups. You'll get to hear me being on stage. I want to thank the people that, that showed up because that means the world. And it was my first show and I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I started with jokes and then I went into a regular type of episode because I didn't know what to do and people didn't know what to expect. I mean, some people, I'm not going to lie, they were like, oh, I thought it was going to be more jokes because we're the Hollywood improv. And I'm like, bitch, me too. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. So another thing I realized that like, maybe next time I won't have paper in front of me and like reading a whole list. But it was just, it was confusing because you're like, you're trying to record a full episode, but you're also trying to entertain people. So in the end, you realize that people are there for you, but I also got to interact with the audience. It was just, it was really cool overall. Was I super happy afterwards? No, I think I was super dead inside. I think I was just trying to process my first time. And then I was just thinking about everything I could have done better. And because it wasn't perfect, I don't think I really got to live in the moment and be thankful or understand how effing cool it was. I think everyone around me and the people that care about me who showed up were more excited for me than I was. And I think that's something I need to work on with sometimes living a lot more in the moment and being thankful for the opportunities that come my way and be thankful for how things go because now it's in the past. I can't change it. But one thing that was really funny that happened to me that I have to share with you guys. But yeah, also when I have a show next time, it's obviously going to be even better. So you guys better fucking show up. I was so in my nerves that I'm going through my list, my speech or whatever. I end up going, passing my one hour show and I continue for 30 more fucking minutes. So I was at the Hollywood Improv on stage for an hour and a half for my first time. And I was so blacked out, not from alcohol, but blacked out from nerves that I kept missing them shining a light on my face, telling me to like, you know, to stop. <laughs> the show's over. I only had an hour, you know, before the next act comes on. And I didn't see it. it got to the point that like somebody had to really take a flashlight and come as close as possible to me to start flashing in my eyes for me to realize like, and it was funny because literally, I think if we keep the whole episode the way it is, when you listen to it next month, you'll see me at the end going like, oh my fucking God, it's over. Oh, oh my God, thank God. I was like, how much longer? <laughs> I was like mortified when I kept going with my speech. I was like, fuck, how much longer do I have to be on the stage? And ended up being that I went an hour and a half. So I think my sweet spot would have been finishing at the one hour, leaving people wanting more. But now I know for next time. Okay, so here, aside from that being hilarious, here's the funniest thing that happened to me after the show. So after the show, whoever was still able to stick around because <laughs> I went 30 minutes over, they met me outside of the corridor area where they formed a line to take pics with me and to meet me. And it was really fun. I got to meet a lot of you guys. I got to hear stories about your life. We took pictures and everything. Then this one girl waits in line for a whole hour till it's finally her turn. Then I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. Thank you so much for waiting around. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm tired. I, you know, went through so many emotions that morning, that weekend, before the show, during the show, after the show. I'm doing my best. It's late now. It's like 9 p.m. at this point, 9.30, I think. And I'm like, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for waiting in line for an hour 
Like, you must be a pretty big fan if you're doing this. I appreciate you. And then she's like, my friends also call me meme queen. And I'm like, oh, shit, then um, it's time for you to go. Haha, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. And she's like, I think there's room for the both of us, okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, babes. I'm literally just kidding. Sorry if my sense of humor is not coming through. I'm kidding, of course. She goes, good. We all can sit at the table. <laughs> I'm like, no, of course. I'm joking. We can all be meme queens. It's a joke. And then I was like, so... Did you enjoy the show? And she's like, um, it was okay. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. She goes, yeah, I'm, I was actually supposed to go. I'm, I'm visiting Los Angeles. I was actually supposed to leave today, but I'm staying an extra day just so I could have made it to your show. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. And I'm like, well, she goes, yeah. And then your show was okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, should I pay for your ticket? Like, I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, it was my first show. I didn't know what I was doing. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you for sticking around. Sorry that it didn't end up being everything you wanted it to be. Um, she goes, well, I have some feedback. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, mind you, I'm tired. There's still a long line. Like, I want to get to everyone. And I'm like, okay, well, do you want to, why don't you like DM me? You can DM me your feedback. I'm all about, I'm always open to feedback. I want to grow. I want to be better, please. And she's like, she looks me up and down. She goes, yeah, I mean, I guess you look like you can take feedback. Okay, fine. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I'm like, well, do you want to tell me some of it now? And she goes, well, I guess like a lot of things you were saying, like your like advice or whatever, I've heard it before. And I go, okay, well, you must be really intuitive or... Or maybe it's because um, you've listened to my other episodes on the podcast. So maybe I've, I repeated some of, the, some of it accidentally. And she goes, oh, no, <laughs> I don't listen to your podcast. No, I don't listen to podcasts. Like, who has time for those things? You know, uh, I've never heard of your podcast. And I was just like, oh, OK, well, hopefully the people that showed up tonight <laughs> have time to listen to podcasts or else like, what was the point of the show? <laughs> so I started laughing. And then, of course, she's not laughing. And then I'm like, um okay, well, do you want to take a picture or something? Because it's like the girl has been waiting for an hour for the picture. So now I'm just confused why she's there. And then she's like, um, yeah, I guess, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then we take a picture and then I'm like, okay, it was really nice to meet you. Have a beautiful night. And I'm thinking like, honestly, I wasn't even offended. I think I was just so tired. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like this bitch, <laughs> like, you know what? you record a podcast you prepare for a whole live show one of the biggest fears that people have in general is public speaking imagine public speaking to over 100 people accidentally going for an hour and a half and <laughs> i don't know i thought that was really funny especially the ending of like oh no 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 i've never listened to your podcast who has time for those things like then why are you here how did you hear about it <laughs> I don't know I thought it was really funny god bless her I hope she finds her path in life like again this is all funny to me I didn't take it personally trust me when people act this way they are insecure on the inside they're going through something on the inside they're projecting so as much as they think they're there to give you guidance or to give you advice that they know everything they know it all is because they're hurting so it was funny. I didn't take it personally. Of course, feedback. If anyone did listen, saw me on stage and wanted to DM me feedback, I'll take it. No one can be hard on me as much as I'm hard on myself. Trust me. I didn't even get to enjoy my first show. 
because I was in my thoughts afterwards and then I cried overwhelmed by like emotions and then I thought about everything I could have done better. So you can't hurt me more than I can hurt myself. So I'm always open for feedback. But I will tell you this, people like that are not happy. So wherever this girl is, I hope she finds herself in her life and I hope she finds happiness because you don't show up to someone's show just to tell them that they sucked and then wait a whole hour (laughs) to take a picture with them just to then let them know that you don't like them. That's odd, but that's life. So whoever's listening, hopefully, if I'm able to not take that personally, hopefully whatever's going on in your life, if anyone's being not that nice to you, just know it's not personal and they're going through something and don't allow it to affect you. All right, so now thought we're gonna dive into pop culture, but we didn't. So if you do wanna get into pop culture, which I have so many stories, which was going to be about Nick Cannon, It was going to be about Emily Ratatouli, Ratakowski, whatever the F her name is, and a few other gossip stuff that was actually really entertaining and really good. I won't have a chance to get to it. So if you do want to talk to me about pop culture, make sure you tune in tonight to my Spotify live show, Hey Besties, at 7 p.m. Pacific time, which is 10 p.m. Eastern time. So let's talk pop culture. Let's talk even about my show and feedback that you have for me tonight on Hey Besties Spotify live show at 7 p.m. Literally just open your Spotify app or Spotify live app if you want to be able to talk to me and come on stage with me. It's just one hour. So hopefully I'll see you tonight. But for the rest of you, I love you and enjoy the episode with Patty. And goodbye, July on the podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Almost Adulting with me, your host, Viola Benson. So today, my special guest is Patty Sanger. She's an American businesswoman, mostly known for starting and producing her own reality TV series. The Millionaire's Matchmaker on Bravo TV was on for eight successful seasons. She's also the writer of Become Your Own Matchmaker book, the founder and CEO of Millionaire's Club 123.com, a professional service for high-end matchmaking. And she's currently working on a show about her life with co-creator Queen gambit and last but not least she also has a new fragrance coming out called matchmaker wow someone's been busy hi patty hi how are you i'm good how are you good okay so as a lot of you guys know i previously had patty on to help us learn how to go from side chick to main chick but today i have patty come back during relationship month on the podcast to kind of close this month with helping us understand how to maintain that relationship making sure you're not just a placeholder raising your standards and finding your match we as women have been green since the beginning of time to believe we are second fiddle in order to get the man you got to do xyz your mom says you know play the field or um you know the rules don't answer the phone and those things don't work anymore because men are online they've got lots of candy coming out of them and there's dms floating through the sky so how do you stand out and really be different and difference comes from within you talk about this all the time violet i i watch you all the time it's loving yourself on the inside before you love yourself on the outside because you're judging based on looks and based on fame and money, we all can't be Kim Kardashian. So how does a regular girl find love? Well, a regular girl works on herself. She works out, she eats right, she meditates, she enjoys her life with her friends and family. She gets interested in hobbies and activities because the more you're into you, the more 
you get attracted by the right guy, not the wrong guy. And that's the difference because when you're chasing, what do you create? You create somebody pulling back. It's resistance. And we know that we have all these attachment styles now. We've got anxious avoidant and avoidant and fearful avoidant. And the more you run after someone, the more they pull away because it's push-pull. We don't want to be push-pull anymore. We want to be the one desire. Now, I have a new boyfriend, which you're the first person I've ever talked to him about. For the minute he met me, he knew I was the one. I didn't know he was the one. I wasn't so sure. I was like, okay, we'll see how it goes. Because I had PTSD from previous relationships, and I had just gotten out of something that was crazy post-COVID, and where a guy kind of gaslit me. We've all been gaslit. We've all been breadcrumbed. We've all been submarined and ghosted. And I didn't really understand what was going on because, you know, being an older chick on the street, my generation didn't do that. My generation was from New York. You know, I grew up in like, you know, when I was your age, I was in the 80s. So you can imagine it's ancient history. And so I didn't really understand why were men doing this at 51. And they basically thought it's socially acceptable to ghost, just like it's, they're ghosting at work right now. I don't know if you know that. And so it's not socially acceptable. When a person ghosts you, the end, fini, like the end of the movie. Next. And I spun. Why, says Patty? Why would this happen to me? I am the expert. Why, why, why? And then I realized he enjoyed the push-pull. His style is anxious avoidant. He has an anxiousness. When I pull away, he comes closer. And when, and when I go, okay, I can relax now, he pulls away. And this was his style. He also was a gaslighter. He liked controlling women. He had a, a narcissistic tendency. My dad was a narcissist, felt familiar. The mind only knows what's familiar. So if you are used to being treated like shit, that feels normal to you. Like the guy who's nice to you, you're like, whoa, what do you want? Why are you so nice to me? So after this went away and I spun myself and I, 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 I licked my wounds and I walked away from it and I was like, I got to figure out why I attracted it. I'm a big love attraction person. I do Neville Goddard system, but I started to blame myself. You know, they have this thing in Neville Goddard, what you think and feel is what you attract. So did I think and feel this? There is a subtraneous layer of our childhood that is so suppressed in our gut that we don't know that's the bus driver of our relationships because how we viewed love from our parents' side as well as how we viewed love when we were like little kids in elementary school or junior high is what sets the tone for next next level relationships. And if you don't know how to, how to accept the good versus the bad, you will consistently go to the bad because you like a challenge. You don't think you're worthy of love and that becomes the bus driver. And so you have to figure that out. Look, you are, I don't mean to toot your horn, but when it comes to expertise, you're at the top. So I can't even compare myself to you. But for me, it feels like sometimes it's challenging today because of all the research I do about dating. Then I feel like it's too hard. You're getting in your analytical head because you're a scientist. You're like a spiritual scientist. You're very much like me. If I was younger, I'd be you. You've got so much data going on and we live in a data age. Basically what's happening is the technology has changed, not the biology. We are so outside of ourselves. The key is to get back to our core of ourself and then push the noise out and say, I'm not accepting this. I'm not, look, when he, he did some shit to me, this last guy. And I was like, I accepted it for a while. Me of all people, I was like, cause I was, you know what it was? It was a mystery. I love cracking a mystery. I love watching true crime. Like, how would this dude do this? But this was his modus operandi. And if you looked at his past, he never had a good relationship. He didn't make a lot of friends. He had no attachments other than his family. And so you have to say to yourself, 
Okay, I attracted that. So Neville Goddard would say everything but you pushed out is coming towards you for those who study Neville and Law of Attraction. But then you can't blame yourself for attracting. You have to say, okay, I attracted that. We're not going to do that again, right? Do you think because of what you do for a living, that's affected your personal life where you, it's kind of like, you're like, how is this not working out? Like I am, I know everything about dating. You like, know what? Stop there. Because Carolyn Mace used to say, I'm this medical intuitive. How come I can't cure my cancer? Oprah says it all the time. Why is it I'm not where I want to be when I know all this wisdom? Nobody knows more wisdom than Oprah. She's my Messiah. So it's like, you're constantly a work in progress. The more you know, the less you know. Get that through your head. You're going to constantly moving. It's about the journey, not the destination. So if you get to a place in your relationships and you're in a relationship expert like you are, Violet, and it doesn't work out, you're going, what's wrong with me? No, that's a moment to say, this is something I can learn from. This is something I can teach my, my listeners and I can help them. I'm going to move it forward because we're going to get challenges. Otherwise, life would just be easy, pissy and drum humdrum. There'd be no war in the world. And it's not like that. That's heaven. This is earth. This is school. We're in school right now. Statistically, science is going to keep giving us layers because we're learning the alchemy and of attraction. This is a whole new field. Harvard's really invested in this. We don't understand why do we pick who we pick and why don't we get what we want? This is the conundrum, the million dollar question. And there's more singles today in history than there's ever been. You got millennials living at home till 32. They're not getting married till the average age of 29, which used to be 22. A seven year jump is a big deal. And on top of it, nobody really has any desire to make a lot of money. So they're not moving into their parents' house. They're not becoming independent. They're living at home. COVID helped us do this. And now you're like, where are the men? Where are the grownups? I want to be a grownup with someone. Yeah. Where's the grownup? You're I making, would love that, yeah. You have 5.1 followers on Instagram on the daddy issue section and you wonder why a guy's intimidated by you are you fucking kidding me they're gonna be intimidated by you, but it takes one and done and you're only looking for the one that's not intimidated that walks up to you and says violet look at you you're dropped in fucking gorgeous like i want you let's go do you feel like these days dating has gone so much harder and it's changed where men don't put as much effort anymore like they used to be or are our standards now too low and that's why they're so comfortable not putting in the effort it's a combination so you have young girls going like okay when the naked parties started coming out in college campuses which was bizarre i wouldn't get naked let alone for my own guy let alone 50 people at a party you really have to have confidence to go fall naked and it was like i don't have to buy you a pizza i don't have to buy you a bar let's just hook up and smoke some weed and get in the pool that was it that's it that's all i have to do i do not have to ask you on a date you girls accepted it it's like when we burn it was like the 60s when they burned their bras it's sexual revolution we're just gonna fuck everyone we're just gonna swing everywhere and what happens is if you give a man too much of anything he will eat himself to death just like a dog. Dogs do that. We're cats, they're dogs. So in that respect, yes, you fucked yourself. But also more women are in college. More women are smarter. There are more women than men. There's not enough men for the women. We have more women babies. So I'm to be punished for being educated, living on my own, having a nice car, making money and being successful because the slacker dude at Venice Beach is living with five roommates and driving a scooter. No, thank you. So you have a conundrum. What you're looking is for the middle pillar. You're looking for the guy who was raised right by his parents, family oriented, sisters and brothers are married. A DILF is a great dad. I love to fuck somebody. If you're older and you can go over 30 and maybe he had a child or he's married before, 
that's a guy who's going to be home six nights a week because he has a child. So you want to look for someone who's congruent. I'm a homebody. I have to be with a homebody. I cannot be with a seven night out guy. It's just not me. I wouldn't work. I like TV. I like to cook at home. I like to garden. So you have to look for congruency, but you can't take the data again and use it against you. You can't say a million times there aren't, like if I hear one more girl in LA say, there are no men, there aren't. Yes, there are. It's the largest population of single people in the United States in LA. So you have to stop saying that. And you have to train your brain that all it takes is one and done, as my mother said, one and done. Men are like buses. They come every 10 minutes. You just got to know what bus to get on so you don't waste your time. My book, Become Your Own Matchmaker on Amazon. Get it now. Download it. Gives you eight steps how to get married in a year. It is foolproof. I can't, I walked into Amazon and Netflix with the biggest executives. They lay, they stood in line and they took their books out because they all got married and had babies. And they said, see this, this is because of you, because that was my grandmother's recipe. And it never changed. It never changed. The technology will change, not the biology. So you date three people. First is the one you can't wait to call you. You can't wait. You're dying. He's the one. Number two is the cusper. He's not maybe tall enough. He's losing his hair. He's not rich enough. Whatever it is, you're just not sure. But you're willing to spend time because he's enjoyable. And the third is the best friend. You've got this guy since college. He takes you to all the events. He's your best friend. You can tell him everything. You can fart, burp. It doesn't matter. He adores you. You adore him. You just don't see, you know, as him being the one. He could jump to first position. He makes a little money. Okay. He gets a better look. I have a friend who I went on a date four years ago and I didn't like him. I thought he was insecure and not cute. He morphed into a swan over the last four years. He is like the hottest, sexiest, fucking coolest guy. He, I said, he's dating someone. So I ended up with my guy and he's dating someone else. And I and he kept saying, we have unfinished business. And I said, what, why didn't you look this four years ago? I would have grabbed you in 10 seconds. So you, people are constantly evolving and changing. You got to give them a chance. The key is always rotating the three. Like Steve Harvey talks, wow. like a man, and you will then have the results because it's like marketing. Are you going to, if you're going to take your website or your podcast and pitch it for a TV show, do you think you're only going to go to one network or you're going to go to all of them? Which networks are you going to go to? All of them. There you go. All of them. So if you treat it like a business deal and you get indifference, you don't care which way it goes. You can still get cited about number one. But number one might be an asshole underneath and you just don't it because you don't know him well enough. Time will heal all. You will eventually learn what they're like in time. But you got to spend time. And that is not phone calls. That is the urban myth. And I'm not talking about catfish. I'm talking about mindfish. Mindfish is where someone constantly mind fucks you thinking you're in something that you're in and they're not putting the effort in to get to know you physically in this presence. That's what's happening. Mind fishing is happening. You just blew my mind. I know about the three, the three guy rule, but I forgot about it. So I just started focusing. I'm like, I'm so busy with work. I just focus on one guy at a time. My mistake. Two rules. There's a man and their boys. There are two different types of men. They've all got dicks, but one is a man. He knows the difference between asking you out, paying the ballet, opening your car door, checking in to see you got home safe. That's the man. The boy like, hey, I'm the deal. I'm the girl in the relationship. That's the boy. They're children. So what happens is when you date a boy, he time wastes you because he's like looking for bigger, better deal too. And he's looking for better people on the street. He's going to waste your time and says, oh, I'm going to tell you there are great men available like the guy did from the other country, but I'm not going to actually physically do anything to prove it. The man is going to be like, I don't have time to text. I'm too busy at work. But guess what? I'm picking you up at seven where you're pretty stressed. And I'm taking you out to dinner. We're going to Nobu. Like that's the guy. 
You want the guy that's so busy working that he doesn't, he doesn't need the niceties and pleasantries because he's seeing you this week. Like I see my guy twice a week at least, minimum. So it's like he's making it consistent to see that person. He's a man. I love that. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, one time I remember a while back, a man was interested in me and he was working in Miami and then had to fly to some wedding in Israel. And he said, you know what? I'm actually going to then stop in LA for two nights. So then we'll set up two dates. And I freaked out because I was thinking, whoa, that is too much. But that's a man. So when a man said, like, that is he a man. asked me to be his girlfriend and I was like, I don't know. I just had PTSD from this last guy. And then he said to me, well, it's okay because you're going to be my girlfriend. He assumed the clothes. That was a man. By the time... You know, we had sex and stuff. I said, okay, I'm ready. He goes, I go ask me. He asked me and he goes, we're done. He goes, I'm not fucking a million people. I got no time, Patty. I got a big family. I got kids. I got this. I don't have time for this shit. Like he's a man. He knows what he wants. Men know what they want. Now, when they claim you, they don't want another cock around you. Cock smells cock. So they don't want another man around you swirling. You're in the media. You meet new people all day long. You could flirt with anyone. And so if he has to claim you, it's like he's laying it down. Otherwise, he could be, you could be available for another man. And if you play it loose and fast, then what happens? He's not going to claim you. You've already given it up. You don't want to give up sex unless you know where you're going. Now, some people are older. They're like me. And they're like, yeah, I've had bad sex. I really don't want to give sex to anyone unless I know it's good sex. That's okay. You know, you get to a certain age and um, oxytocin is not flowing as strong. So the more estrogen you have in your body, the more oxytocin makes you bond to the man. Men don't have oxytocin. That's why they can fuck and get up and eat a cheese pie. You know what I mean? Like, so the thing is you want to make sure like if you are non-attachment sex in that place of having non-attachment sex, you got to make sure you don't have a lot of estrogen because the oxytocin will kick in and then you'll be like bonded to the gas station attendant because he's hot or the pool guy. You got to make sure that you're able to do this. And it's an experiment. Sometimes it goes wrong. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Nothing in life is perfect. We're all like snowflakes. No two people are alike. But if you set the intention, like I have a friend just having friends with benefit sex. She's older, he's younger, she just got divorced and she's not ready for anything new. So she said this, now the more she's saying it to him, the more he wants a commitment because she's giving him a hard time. But who knows what would happen if she said yes and then he relaxes and then he goes off and goes, well, I got this one, maybe I'll get another one. I love everything you're saying. It's, it's because I think the last one or two men I was talking to or dating or whatever, I rushed into sex because I was like, you know what? Screw waiting and I rushed into sex. sex. But why? I know. Then I realized I was a mistake. So I said, okay, now I will date men who live in England. So then we have no choice but to get to know each other. So again, I guess I did it too extreme. I just keep going from one extreme to but another. Why can't you date LA where you live and then not rush into sex and say, listen, you set the tone, you're the woman. I, I need to feel safe. 
in order to have sex. I need to know we're monogamous, but I also need to spend time with you. And one of the great ways of spending time is I need to do errands with you for a day. Go to the CVS drug line. Like I need to see what you're like in your natural habitat. Go to the grocery store. I need to know where you are on Thursday at seven o'clock at night. Like you want to see his house. You want to see his family. You want to see his friend group. You want to see the layers of him before you go, okay, that's the one I want. And say, I'm going to take, if you're not willing to take it slow, I'm not your girl. Doesn't mean you can't fool around on the couch and stuff. Just don't put in, in, or in. You know what I mean? How long should you wait to sleep with a man before you're ready? This time I waited seven dates, but we lost a week in between. He felt it was a long time. I was slowing it down, but then he was fine. He was like, okay, let's just sleep. I'll do, let's do a sleepover. I go, how are we going to sleep over and not touch each other? And he goes, we will, I'll just cuddle you. So he got into bed, he was fully clothed. And I just like, oh, fuck this shit. And I ripped my clothes off and I went, okay. And it was like, it was like, I hadn't had sex in two years since COVID. You know, I think I broke up with my ex in December, 2019. So I was just like, fuck, you know, the vibrator was like not cutting anymore. And Pornhub, I've seen everything. There's nothing left I haven't seen in my category. I was like, can we have new stuff, please? This is like, you know, I need new content. It was fine because he had asked me to be his girlfriend before. So we were cool. You, you want to know where their intentions are. You got to ask questions. You know, women are so afraid. This is my biggest pet peeve to ask for what they want, to question something, to say, I'm not comfortable with that. Why can't we do that? Why do we have to please them all the fucking time? That's the reason they're spoiled brats because we're pleasing them all the time. I'm not saying you have to be a bitch and a nag. I had a guy call me up, a billionaire. Hey, Patty, I live in Del Mar. Great, fantastic, whatever. He's like, can you meet me halfway in Orange County? I said, I cannot. So what do you mean? I said, I was raised where the man comes to the woman. I'm kind of old school. If you don't feel it, that's just, we're a fit, fine. Because if you can't come to me on the first date, how's it gonna be 10 dates later? Wow, that's very that's true. So- so one of my matchmakers uh, introduced me and she goes, wow, what did you say to him? And I'm like, what do you mean what did I say to him? I said, come meet me. And he goes, well, he's blown away. No one ever said that to him. And I said, he's like now thinking about when he can come see you. He's planning a date. I said, I go, I'm in a relationship. You snooze, you lose, honey. Yeah, that's happened to me a while back. I remember some guy, uh, he wanted to take me out. And then I said, I, I, I like when a man picks me up. I, I said exactly what I like. And then he said, oh, that's so high maintenance. I'm not really used to that. I like to just, you know, meet up for drinks, blah, blah. And I said, that's fine. That's just who I am. And then we never went out. Here's the thing. He's a billionaire on the Forbes list and he leads with his money. Okay, I deal with this all day long. You can't send a driver to pick me up to meet you in fucking Newport. You want to meet me in Newport? Great, send a driver. Got it. And so he's 51, never been married, no kids. You wonder why. You wonder why. So if you look at their track records, if they're nasty about their ex-wife, even if it was the worst relationship they ever had and he didn't do anything wrong, you still don't put down the mother of your children or you put down the ex because that means you're going to do the same thing to me. You have an issue where you don't like women. So being that said, I think what's happening is that we're in a place right now where we have to take it back, women, take our power back. So let's say you are, you know, you found a new partner, but a lot of people, they can be in relationships for years and not realize that they're actually just a placeholder. How can you tell the difference between being a placeholder and being the, you know, game changer? First of all, you should never go past a year if you want to get married. That's first of all, four seasons, nine to 12 is negotiation period. You can start at six, but nine to 12 is usually I'm getting engaged. Men know six months, whether you're the one or not. Six months, statistics. This is science from Harvard. I didn't make this up. Second of all, if you're going five years and you're just like waiting for him to ask you to move in, waiting for him to marry you, like get with the program, buddy. He doesn't really want to be in love. He wants 
easy, comfortable, user-friendly, like an old pair of grandma's underwear. Nice and comfortable, but not really the sexy one on the street. So if you allow yourself to be used, you only get what you pay for at the end of the day. It's up to you to decide. So I have somebody I know in this position and we were at dinner one night and I said, do you want to marry him? Oh, oh, that ship has sailed. Now they're older, they're in their fifties. What do you mean that ship has sailed? Do you want to get married? She goes, do you? I said, of course, that's why I'm dating. I want to, I see myself once married before I end this fucking lifetime of mine. And she goes, well, I don't know. I just want a spiritual ceremony and live with him. And I'm like, but there's no protection in that because eventually he'll die. He's old. He's a man who's older, you know, whatever, 10 years. They die 10 years younger than us. I said, and then all that money's going to go to kids. You have no, you're going to live long. You'll have no security. What do you restart? And I said, what's wrong with you? And she got all like, woo. And I go, ask for what you want. Stay true to what you want. Hey, this is painful. Rachel Bilson just said that about um, Bill Hader. He said that in, they, they broke up in quarantine. It was the most painful experience she ever had. And she said it was worse than childbirth. And childbirth is pretty painful. So if you don't ask for what you want, then you don't free your space up to find your person. We're finding the last person on our Akashic record list. We're finding the one we end our life with. We're finding the right person, the right match. So if you're with the wrong match and he's taking advantage of you, how are you ever going to have the time to meet that person? Think about that. So why are you not worried about you? Why are you always worried about them? Because you're settling because you just want to be loved. And you're like, well, I love this person. I don't want to look. Him, getting, him giving you an orgasm is not love. Him spending time with you and eating dinner with you is not love. Love is an action. It's not a word. Love is I love you more than any woman in the world. You're my dream girl. Let's get married. Let's make you safe. Let's make you feel comfortable. Let me protect you. That's love. Yeah, uh, one of my best guy friends, he was always, uh, you know, dating a bunch of women. Then he met this girl and six months in, he decided to get serious with her. And I said, said, Robin, you never wanted to get married before. What's different about this girl? Because he ended up proposing, I think, within the first year. And I said, what's different about her? And he goes, look, I never wanted to get married. But then I met her and I knew that, yes, maybe we can get married a few years from now because I'm not ready. But with her, I don't want to lose her. And I knew that she was ready right now. So I'm going to have to be ready for her and I'm and I decide to propose and they're married now I was one of the best man in the wedding and I thought that was amazing when a man knows he knows and so if the man doesn't know I'm not sure and you got to keep like you're like on a, on a treadmill as like a hamster you're basically trying to do everything right to get him to woo you and every now and then he gives you a crumb to make your mind fish you mind fuck you as I like to say that you think that he's in love because oh for this week he's good but next week he's bad and it's constantly like this this is not healthy that's unhealthy and if you're not working you, you won't be strong enough to leave anyway that's very true so do you think giving an ultimatum to a partner to get your needs met that's, a good idea or a bad idea yes, great idea, it's, good in idea. My book. it's in my book it says this first you ask to see him in the sober light of day don't do it at night because you'll end up in bed you're going for brunch lunch you want to be out in public so he can't lose his temper and you just go hi john um i just want to let you know that this has been the best relationship I i've had the best time with you okay but where do you see where do you see us going stop He'll say, what do you mean? And you go, well, what's the plan? Stop. Let awkward pause stretch. Don't fill in the blanks. Don't look around the restaurant. Don't get in your phone. Just look at him. What is the plan? If he can't come up in 10 seconds what his plan is, this is not your guy. I don't care if they're 18 or 80. Now you have to say to yourself, okay, listen, 
I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to settle down. I just think we're not on the same page. It's been a great relationship. I think you're fabulous, but I need to go find my person. So Thursday, I want to come to your house, take my stuff out. Can you leave the key under the mat and act like it doesn't bother you? Now, he's not gone officially till eight weeks. Science has told us it takes eight weeks for a man to process. If he comes back within the eight weeks, and it's usually fourth week when he starts panicking, like he has nothing to do on the weekends. He's, he's itching now, he wants to get laid. He's used to you cooking, doing laundry, whatever you did for him. He'll start calling and blowing up your phone. And you're to say, I can't see you in person until you know where you're going and what the plan is. Click. And unless he takes you to Tiffany's and gets you the ring, bye-bye. So you don't want to get back into, well, let's see, let's see three more months where it goes. Let's see. So this is what my friend is doing to his girlfriend. He's like, in two years, if we're still together, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? How many years do you need? He's like, four years. So if he keeps doing that, he doesn't know. He's indecisive. Now, generally speaking, if he meets the next girl and he proposes to her, he remembers what it felt like to lose someone, but he also was afraid she'll leave him. So when he's afraid you're gonna leave him, there's cock smells cock, we go back to that. That's when he's gonna close the deal down. You have to get busy. You'll cry out for the first week. Usually we cry before we leave. We'll cry out for the first week. Second week, we start to feel better. We go to the gym. We start looking at our diet. We start going, we're gonna do this. Things I couldn't do before when I was with him. Third week, we're like, okay, it's not so bad. Fourth week, we're like, we're swimming, we're good. We're dating. This is good. I'm meeting this person. I'm meeting oh, this is good, good, good. And then just when you get relaxed, calls. Because they always fucking come back. Now you have a decision to make. Do I want to go back to this? Which I already know everything about him. Did I really even love him? Because how can I love somebody I don't respect? Or do we go to this? which is the new person, which could be this fantasy of the new person, which, wow, there's all these men out there. So then is that how you get the ring from the guy that's not giving you the ring? Other than giving a blowjob Jewish style, I'm only kidding. <laughs> we, we don't swallow, it's such a joke. Okay, um, you get the ring when you have self-respect and you say, I want the ring. I earn the ring, the ring is mine. You know, Neville Goddard talks about this system, which is kind of cool, and I've done it. You put the ring on your third finger here, and you can you don't have to go outside of the house. So let's say I take my aura ring, which I'm wearing right now, and I switch it over here, which, by the way, is the this is the Venus line, which goes. Okay. Through. That's why it's called this. So you take the ring. Now, this finger and these two fingers are really the love ring fingers. So you wanna put it on your left hand and you feel what it feels like to be engaged. What does it feel like to have that ring? I've read on your blogs that you are very passionate about manifesting. So is this, is this exactly what you're talking about? Manifesting your dating life like that? Your mind is what's summoning the men. You just think it's the external of you. You, you know, the, the, the Instagram, the visualization, you're gonna be Kim Kardashian, you're gonna get a Pete Davidson, but that's not what it's about. It's internal stuff. So I'll give you an example. So now that I'm having sex and in a relationship, I'm walking around uh, Marina the other day with one of my best friends. We went to dinner, we walked to dinner and this dropped a gorgeous, perfect 10 guy my age walks out and goes, hi, how are you? And I go, that never happened. And he, I go, look like shit. He goes, yeah, but it's the power of the, of the cock. I said, what do you mean? You're having sex, your pheromones are swimming and now you're relaxed and you don't really care whether you get another guy because you got a guy and now all the men are coming. That makes sense. Body is I get that. No longer in heat. Now, that being said, huh. what do you do to mimic that? We're going to talk about this, right? So in okay. order to mimic that with you not sleeping with anyone, which you're not, 
And we sent you one of these, by the way. Um, this is Matchmaker Fragrance. It is a partnership I have with I Have Love. You can go to iHaveLove.com and download it. There's one for women to attract men. There's one for men to attract women. And then there's gay for both men and women. Okay. So you spray this. So this is the highest potent pheromone on the market. You spray it on your chest, right here in the heart section, and both on the wrist. You can put it on your hair too. And you watch how the men flock. I swear to God, this is how I got a boyfriend. I'm not fucking kidding. I've tried a million pheromones because I'm all about science and the alchemy. How do we change our, our chemical component as far as our structure goes and cellular level so that men are attracted to women or vice versa? Kind of like the lioness signals the lion in the wild. It's no different than the animals signal each other. This shit works. I'm not selling something because I'm just selling some. This is the shit. Everybody asked me, what did I use? And I've been using I've Love for years until they made my own fragrance. And I said, I want it stronger. I, and I picked the smell. Now, when the smell goes away, if it does, it doesn't usually go away for me, but some people it does. It doesn't mean it's not working. It's in your body. So it's trickled down to the subcutaneous layer. And now you're sending out pheromones all day long, which men, I, I have done it with my guy friends and they're like, what the fuck are you wearing? I love that. Okay, I can't wait to wear you it. Once, <laughs> now you're gonna have better luck out in the wilderness of LA. Yeah. You know, it's really funny when you're saying about the one year rule and if you stay longer my my dad actually was with the woman for five years they lived together and he was he knew he was never planning on marrying her because she wasn't jewish then they broke up and he met my mother and they got married after one month and i mean imagine the heartbreak your mother determined like your mother had standards if you don't do xyz i'm not giving you my heart so why do we give our hearts too quickly I'm sexually attracted, he's the package, he's successful, he's famous, he's whatever. But do we know if that's a good match for us? No, we're just going, or if you're smart, you're going, how does he make me feel? Is he good to me? So your mother was like, "This, if he wants me, he's gonna have to do X, Y, Z. And your father knew that and said, this is a good catch. I need to get her, I need to get her off the market because if I don't get her, someone else will. That's exactly what my dad was thinking, me. yeah. But he's also old school. He's a different generation. This generation has no urgency. You know, they could live in Venice in front of Erwan and be in Tent City and go, oh my God, this is so cool. We're going to make a whole story on Instagram about it. And you're like, but you're homeless. You're in Venice. It's like, oh, it'd be, be really cool. This is good content. Like they're, you know, they're not thinking about like the future. They live in the moment. They only want to spend $100 vendor. They have no ambition. Start dating older. How do you find, a lot of people ask me this, so this is an important question. A lot of women have been asking me this. How do you find quality men, high quality men? How do you find quality those? men are everywhere. Now, millionaire men, where there's meat, there's men. They go to steakhouses. It's, it's still the same old standard. They want that steak after work. They don't want to go home and cook. They have money. They can spend it at Mastro's. They can spend it at, you know, the, the, the Palm. They can go anywhere, you know? They're fine like that. So that's that. Sushi too. Also high-end ticketed items. Second of all, they love golf. They love tennis. They love country clubs. They love Soho House. They love, these are men that are everywhere. Now, that doesn't mean you get the most fabulous hot actor off the street because he has 20 fucking women chasing him, if not more. You're looking for the businessman who like wants to put down roots, get a house, has a dog, has responsibilities, if not children. You know, one's willing to have more kids if you want more kids. You want to find someone who's really grounded. That's the guy. Doesn't mean he's not at the grocery store. Doesn't mean he's not getting gas. 
or charging at the uh, Costco charging station for his Tesla. Like, you know where the men are. You start looking at their watches and their shoes and Bloomingdale's in the men's department. You know, you got to look around your surroundings. You're so used to get online. That's nothing wrong with getting online. I met my guy on Tinder, so I'm not putting it down. But what I'm saying is like, you're not realizing that when you're out and about in the day, I love day men more than night men. I love men that are walking around the day. They're at the gym. They're doing the dog park. They're t like, I walk every day, six miles. My guys are walking in my neighborhood and smiling. Get out of the fucking house. Basically what I'm saying. I do think though, as when men become more successful and make more money, they have more options. When women become more successful and have more money, our options become less and less because then we're looking for men on our level or higher up than us. One of the housewives that came to me recently, I won't mention names, she'll fucking die if I do. And she called me on the phone and she's like, I have men coming out of my eyeballs. And I'm like, so why are you calling me? Well, I have them giving me Bentleys and they show up in my house. I'm like, so why are you calling me? Now she bragged how much money she had and I charged men and women the same. I said, great, it's 150 grand. This is what it costs for a membership. I'm not the most expensive, I'm not the cheapest. Oh no, no, I'm a catch. You should put me in your system. I said, well, do you see nonprofit on my forehead? And the point of the story was, is that her wish list is to the floor. There's no wiggle room. You need to make a really clean wish list that is not crazy mazy. You shouldn't put anything on there that you're not. Now, I can understand you're poor and you want money. We'll take that off the table. But if you're not in shape, why should he be? If, yeah. you don't, if you're not funny, why should he be? Like, it's like you should make a list of the things you are and mirror that and then add a little bit of wiggle room. So you have to think about it like, let's get realistic here. Because most people are not realistic. They live in the clouds and it's 10 years later and they still don't have a relationship because nobody can live up to their standards. You know, I have a lot of men that they're into the perfection of women. I have to have blonde, thin, this. I'm like, ugh. How about a, what if God said the perfect person is not your type, but you are going to be so happy. You're going to have great sex. They're going to treat you like gold. They're going to be successful. They're going to be the father of your children, but he's not six foot two. He's five foot 11. What are you going to do? So, ugh, I don't want right. It's ridiculous, but everybody else is making you miserable. I agree with that. So sometimes it's okay. It's okay to have standards, but you know, not if you have too high standards, kind of. No, I mean, I wrote on my list, the guy's six foot two. Mine's just as they're six foot one. What am I going to do? Throw him away. Yeah. For and I said, I want a guy who has a full head of hair. He's a little bit thin on top. What am I going to do? Throw him away. You can't really um, make weird science work for you in this day and age, because then you're going to get some superficial asshole that's judging you like you're judging them. And if you judge them that way and you're not perfectly, like, you're not a 10, why the fuck would it work? It would, if you keep judging them, they're going to judge you and it's going to get really bad. I agree with you. I don't, I don't really go when it comes to physical attributes, but I was thinking about this recently when I always hear people say to their friends, like, babe, you deserve the best, blah, blah, blah. And then I was sitting and thinking, I mean, do you though? Like, do I deserve the best unless I am the best? What is the best? It's a connection. It's a match. Do we like to do the same things together? Do we have interests and hobbies together? Do we, do we basically make each other laugh? Do we support each other when the chips are down? Or they take care of you when you're sick, vice versa? Do you look at them and want to spend time with them? I mean, it should be about internal connection, not about striving for perfection. What I think what happens is the, the older you get, the more wise you get, you're young. Once you get more experiences along the way, each experience is teach you about what, what you're trying to get towards. And the one thing we all say to each other, how do they make me feel? Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel safe? Do you feel relaxed? 
relaxed, no anxious avoidant, no anxiousness. You know, you're not in a hyper state of will they call or won't they call? That's the worst. Yeah. Because you think that's that what you're feeling in your stomach is love and excitement, but really it's it's your childhood trauma. It's all the trauma bonding you had as a child where one parent or both parents weren't there for you. And now you're seeking out the person that's going to hurt you the most because that feels familiar. It's all about feeling familiar. Yeah. And I'm going to win him. I'm going to prove to him I'm worthy of love. No, that's not. That's the wrong way to go about it. You shouldn't prove anything. 100%. How can you tell when you're being gaslit? Because you said in your last relationship, you are an expert and you couldn't tell that it was happening. Well, this was a long distance relationship. So I didn't really see what his everyday life was like. I would never do it again. I would never do a long distance relationship again because you don't see regular life with them and they live in a fantasy. And it was also, we just got out of COVID. We weren't completely out. So I couldn't see him as much as I wanted. We were still like restaurants were close in LA and in Silicon where he lived, it was easier for him in San Francisco and stuff like that. So when they're gaslighting you, your gut is going to tell you something's wrong. As a woman, we have, you know, women's intuition. You have to pay attention to the gut. And if you feel something's off, investigate it, do a background check, look at his Instagram and his social media. The one thing I didn't know is he had a girlfriend and he was dating me. That's the gaslit. And he wow. Lied, he lied to me about it, yeah. And we were besties, like close friends and everything. So we had an emotional connection. So that was the hard part of it. This one is so different because he's local and I see him every week. And if he's seeing me on a Saturday night, he doesn't have a girlfriend. Doesn't mean he can't cheat, but she's not the main fiddle. I was the main fiddle in this one. So what? how did you find out that he had a girlfriend? We were planning to go away and have sex for the first time. And then he texted me and said he needs to see his ex-girlfriend. And I said, the one from six months ago. And when I became friends with him and his family, it came out when I went up to Silicon that his family kind of alluded that he was still seeing her when he was seeing me. And she told me that. I met her. I met the girlfriend. And she said, you know, he cheated on both of us. And I was like, what? And I was shocked. Because we were besties. We decided after we broke up, I didn't want to be friends with him. He begged me. So when he came back, I said, okay, I'll try. Because I was trying to be evolved. We had a lot of, we were very metaphysical and had a lot of that in common. Spirituality. I very rarely find somebody I can talk about my, my metaphysics with. She was really angry at him. I forgave him because I believe forgiveness is for me, not for the other person, because I don't hold grudges. But it was pretty bad what he did. And he didn't own it. Yeah. He didn't admit it oh. to her. Yeah. He told me he wasted my time, but he didn't admit it to her. And he's also lied about a couple of things that happened between us to other people. His family, little odds and ends. But she was, she's still not over it. She's very upset about it. So there are men that do that. She's like, no, we were broken up. And I was, you know, I went on the app. I was like, were you broken up? Like, you know, because she didn't think they were. Truth always comes out. Even if you've lived a thousand miles away, you'll find something on Instagram. Someone will call you. Someone will DM you. Like when JLo found out that A-Rod cheated on her, someone told her. It's up to you to do with the information that you get. Some people ignore it and keep going and other people go, no, I'm done. So it's one of those, like when, when A-Rod was blindsided, he was, you know, she broke up with him, J-Lo. I was like, yeah, but didn't you know that she knew you cheated? Like, how did you, like, there's only so much a woman's going to take. And then she had Ben, yeah. and Ben, Ben obviously wanted her because he was talking to her in those months and he was on Raya and, you know, like, dude, you're cheating on her and she has other opportunities. She's not going to wait around for you. She's J-Lo. I was like, you know, like when he sits here and goes, oh, I didn't know that was happening. Full shit, you did it. You fucking slid and slipped into someone's fucking DMs that they can screen fucking grab you on. This guy that lied about something to someone I knew and 
the person didn't believe me and I went, really? What's that? And then he goes, oh my God, you have a screen grab. I said, yes. You know, these DMs and these text messages and WhatsApp shit, when they get on WhatsApp, they're not from another country. What are they doing? Okay, this is another thing. What are they doing on WhatsApp? If they have an Apple phone, they should not be on WhatsApp if they live locally, meaning in the United States. We're talking about United States. Android phones cannot do voice memo through Apple to an Android phone or vice versa. So people switch to WhatsApp to give the voicemail messages. If they're doing that in their Android, okay, they have a reason. But if they're Apple to Apple and they live in the United States and they're going to WhatsApp, they don't want their partner to see the phone. It's oh, got it. If you're both in the United States, but you're communicating on WhatsApp, it's weird. So if you're getting an international person, that's the normal way they would do it because it costs money to do it text message, text message. So they go on WhatsApp because it's free and they can call you on WhatsApp for it's free. But if they're American and they don't and they have an Apple to Apple phone and they're basically going to WhatsApp, what are they hiding that they don't want some they don't they don't want to see the text message coming in. So let's say they're hanging out with their girlfriend and the text messages are coming in. It'll show up until the the, the interface, the front closes off with the code. So you'll see like, oh, Susie just called you. Susie just texted you. Susie, this is it. And then that's why they do WhatsApp because you can't see that. You have to start thinking about all this shit. This is like the real <laughs> That's so funny. My dad and I only talk through WhatsApp and we both live in the US. So that's really funny. Why does he, why does he talk to you on text message? Is his phone Android? No, he has an iPhone. So I don't know. Who is why he hiding me why? from? I don't know. Why? Ask him why. Now he might want to leave a voicemail message, but you can leave it on a text message, Apple to Apple. But everyone knows WhatsApp is the cheating app. They all talk about it. Oh, I yeah, don't know that. Yeah, WhatsApp is the cheating app. Can we debunk something really quick? I saw you debunking this and on TikTok, people love to become an expert when it comes to dating and they use all these terms. And now it's like, if, if I even smile at you, I'm love bombing you. So can you tell us really quick the difference between love bombing and just showing affection? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Love bombing is when I overkill in the beginning of the relationship with gifts, praise, oh, you're the one, you're Cinderella, I'm taking you off the market, I'm the prince. And you're like believing that this is the soulmate phenomena. Oh, the Red Sea is parted. The angels have brought you your soulmate. He is the one. No, no, no. And if they're rich, like my friend was dating a billionaire, so she got a lot of Birkins in the beginning. That's wow. another way. So if they're really rich, they'll do the private jets and fly you everywhere and they'll buy you Chanel and, you know, they'll get you Cartier and you're like, oh my God. He loves me. No, that's his style. And then you'll go back when he breaks up with you in time and you will find out he did this to every girl because he knows his modus operandi works. 
His MO works. So he's setting the seal. He knows to get you to the table and then he will do the narcissistic discard, which is like, once I get you, I don't know if I really want you, put you back on the shelf. We call it dolly on the shelf syndrome. Because they're narcissists 90% of the time. And once they get use out of you and you become no longer useful, they keep doing that. So then it's just who they are. It doesn't matter who you are as a person. They're just, they're going to do it to well, everyone. I mean, they can still get married and have babies because they're narcissists. Doesn't mean they're not going to get married and have babies, but they'll eventually they get divorced because they can't keep up. Like, like they might be for six to nine months. They might be one face of personality. And then on in the 91st day or the six month day or the eight month day, they switch. And you're like, wait a second, what happened to that guy? That's the guy I was dating. That's a true narcissist, but it's called a covert narcissist. It's not the narcissist that throws temper tantrums in the restaurant and throws scenes. It's more of a covert. He's, he's below the surface. He's a quiet narcissist. So then why do you think some people love bomb? Because I don't think everyone that love bombs is a narcissist. Some people don't know they're love bombing. No, love? Oh, yes, they do. Everyone who love bombs knows they love bomb. And 90% of them are narcissists. Do not be confused by this. They did it and they knew it hurt you. They would stop. And plenty of people have told them they did this. They just ignore it. Okay, the reason I'm asking this is because from my own personal experience, when I was looking on TikTok and I was seeing all these guys who love bomb, all these tips, I was looking and I go, oh my God, that's me. I didn't realize I was doing it because I get so excited. You know, I really with gifts and sending gifts. No, no, not gifts, but with words. I can meet that's someone. I'll just be like, wow, I'm so into you. No, blah, blah. Well, just, that's what they were saying. No, you're a flirt. Okay. Flirt is not a love bomber. Okay. Flirt Phew. is a love bomber. A flirt is someone that just knows how to be sexy, messy, and say, hey, doll, hey, beauty, how's it going? Da, 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 da. You know? Okay, with a wink, wink, and a kiss, kiss, and all that. That's a flirt. A love bomber is strategically mapping out how he's going to get you to fall in love with him without him falling in love with you because then he has the upper hand. If that's gifts, if that's trips, if that's words, if that's flying private, whatever it takes, he's going to do it. Now, does it mean he can't be a love bomber in college? He can be a love bomber in college too. He knows to when to bring the pizza and your favorite beer. He knows how to do shit like that and knock on your door at 11 o'clock at night to get nookie. He knows how to do that. Love bombers are in all different shapes and sizes. They're not just men. They can be women and they can be gay or straight. But nine out of 10, it's just they're strategic. They're methodical. They're like a grifter, like a love grifter. Well, that's really it just feels really depressing. But how do you avoid the narcissists, the love bombers, all these men out there because that you just can't... don't? Violet, it takes time. You're not going to know in 10 seconds. They have to reveal themselves. And you can't get invested unless you spend enough time with someone Four seasons. Four, not one, not two, four seasons. Four seasons four? is four seasons are what it takes for the true personality and the innate person to come. In. Doesn't mean they won't come out at six months, but four seasons. You can get engaged within a year, but you shouldn't get married until you know someone four seasons. Do you agree with uh, how people say you should travel with someone before you get married? Yes, absolutely. You should travel with them. You should spend weekends with them. You should be weekends with their kids if they have kids. You got to see what real life is like. Because if you live long distance, it's, it's honeymoon time every time. That's not reality. Everybody wants to be on vacation. That's why they do that. But that's not reality. So can you give me some red flags versus green flags? I know there's a lot of obvious red flags, like if he's talking shit about his ex, if he's still obsessed with his ex or communication, but are there some red flags we don't notice? Okay, so the ex talk's gonna come out organically on its own. So if he asks you a question about the ex on the first date and he pumps and dumps about his ex, get out. And I've been there. 
If he constantly puts her down or him down, get out. You should be like, you know what, just didn't work out. I'll tell you that story when I know you better, but I'm here with you now. Deflect, deflect, deflect. If he brings her up or him up constantly to the point where you're like, I cannot give this person any more airtime and you're getting nauseous, that's an indication he's still not over that person. So what they're trying to do is make you their therapist. Be aware of becoming their therapist. It happens to me all the time. I cannot stand that. You have to stop it and you have to shut it down and say, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable talking about this right now. And, and you know, you can say things like, what's the most romantic thing you ever did? Uh, how do you see, like when he asked me to be his girlfriend, I go, what does that mean to you? Will we spend, he goes, spend time together. We're exclusive and I'm not seeing anyone else. And I go, does that mean we spend holidays together? He goes, yes, we spend vacation. We go on vacation. You meet my family. Like, you know, he's a grown ass man. He basically laid it out. Cause I was like, we perceive what we think the relationship to be, but we don't know what they're really thinking. And until you ask them, what are you thinking? Now, never ask a man what he's feeling. Only what oh, he's thinking. Okay. If he's left-handed, like my guy, the last one was left-handed too. They're more in touch with their feelings, but don't ask them how they feel. Ask them how they, what they think. And you want to get him to fix things in your house. You want him to be helpful. You can still make breakfast and make him coffee, but he needs to come over and do shit for you. Stop trying to make his life so easy. You make him easy, it becomes a lazy lion, and then he starts looking for somebody more interesting down the street. Because one thing you get in his vicinity and his energy, you're gonna change him. You're gonna maybe change the way he dresses or you change the way he's eating. Like something's gonna morph into he's a better commodity. When he's with the woman, he looks better to the opposite sex. You don't want him to leave the opposite sex. But they somehow relax, they're getting laid, they're getting fed, they're watching TV, they're feeling better about themselves. Like my guy wrote me a note yesterday saying, I had the best time with you. I love, thank you for making me feel special. I go, what does that mean? He goes, I love the way you make me feel, which is interesting because I was like, really, what do I do? I didn't even know I was doing it. Yeah. Okay. That is, but then I've read in other places that that's not how you're supposed to find a partner. If you love how someone makes you feel, that's more has to do with you. No, and, no, a man needs to feel like he's on top of the mountain and on top of the world. Even if he's having financial problems, somebody's sick in the family, he's got burdens, let's say. He needs to feel like he's got a partner that believes in him, praises him, you know, thinks he's wonderful. That's why he's in it with you. He's not just in it with you for sex. Sex he can get any day of the week and go find a call girl. He's looking for someone that can raise him up. So he, And then you got to make sure that he raises you up. So it's got to right. be quick pro pro. You can't be one sided raise up. In other words, like he has to feel special, but you want to feel special as well. And the best love is congruent love. Like I don't like when someone's more in love with the other person. I like congruency. Now you'll take turns. Like this week he's more in love with me than I am in love with him. But next week he's the opposite. So you want to get congruent love because if one person is not getting their needs met and they're loving more, there's resentment, there's bitterness. You don't want to go to bitter city. So then at what point in your relationship do you feel like it's time to walk away? Because a lot of times people just keep fighting for the relationship. They don't realize the other person is not fighting for the relationship with them. It's when the relationship really feels you're not happy. And I know there's a point where you go, it can't go further than this. We'll never get deeper. He'll never change. She'll never change. Uh, I can't see the future anymore. I'm almost to the point where I come home and I'm unhappy. The quietness in the house, the stillness in the house 
irritates the fuck out of me. We're not talking. We're not connecting. We're not on the same page. We don't want the same things in life. That's when it has to happen. And if there's children involved, it's very hard for them to leave. You know, like my, my boyfriend told me that they used to nest him and his wife. They had a house and each week they took turns with the kids and he would move in and then take care of it. And then he'd go back to his apartment and she would do the same thing with hers because she lived with her boyfriend. And I've heard stories about this and they do it so they don't disrupt the kid's life because going back and forth really upsets them. And I thought, what a cool thing. I mean, if you're financially solvent to do that, that's a really cool thing to do, which saved the whole back and forth for the kids and being disruptive to them. So it gave them the out to get divorced. If you don't yeah. have money and you're feeling like, where am I going to live? What's going to happen? Da, 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 da. You stay for the children until they're 18 or something. And that's not good either because you're going to cheat because you want sex. B, you're going to fight right in front of the kids, which sets the kids up for bad relationships. So you have to think about the children. The guy that he used to date said that he knew to leave when his therapist said, if you keep doing this, okay, the way you're handling this situation with your wife, where you're constantly at battle, your daughter's going to end up marrying a man like that, who's weak, you know, can't think for himself and leave. So he left because he had to see how the effect was happening on his children. So there's a lot of times people don't leave because of the kids. They don't leave because of money. We know that. And they don't leave because of security. I have someone in my bed. I don't like the unknown. I don't like, I don't want to go online. I don't like dating. My friend is dating this woman and he doesn't love her. He told me. And I said, well, why are you dating her? And he likes the, the family. It's easy to be with her and they have good sex and all that. But he's not in love with her. She's in love with him. And I said, you realize that is so not spiritual. You holding her up for her person because you don't love her. You're never going to marry her. You're just going to use her for the rest of your life. And why would you hold her up for someone who really can give her the life that you want? Don't you love her enough to give her that? So I had a big fucking talking to him about that because I'm a Gemini by astrological means. I do not stick around if I don't see a future. I'm like out the door. So you all wonder like, hey, how come she's not married? I went through a lot of men. I had a lot of relationships. It's like I didn't. And I went two years in COVID by myself to work on myself. So it's not like I'm not working. I just won't marry someone unless it's right. Because I'm come from divorce. My mom was married three times, my dad too. I am not financially getting fucked in California in this situation. The guy had to have money and the last guys I dated, not this last one, but the one before, the one you know about, he didn't have any money. And I'm not paying somebody out and, and living off of me. I need, I got to date equal or above, equal or above. This one makes more money than I do. So, you know, it's just that I need somebody at my level and I was waiting. And sometimes those who are really worthy of it, like you, You're a perfect example, successful, self-made, comes from a good family. You're not going to settle. You're not going to settle. You're like, I'm miserable. I'm unhappy, God, but I deserve better. And sooner or later, your number will come up. It's just like anything else. The lottery is going to yield. When it comes to the to the families, one thing that I've noticed just recently is that, for example, parents do make such an impact on children. I grew up with my parents never fighting, and that gave me a false idea of what I thought relationships were. When I got older, my mom one day we were talking and she said, oh yeah, when we first moved to the US, I was planning on divorcing your dad. I was looking for apartments, but then I just, you know, we worked it out and I go, wait, what? What are you talking about? Like you were gonna, you're thinking of divorcing my dad? Like you guys never fought. And that accidentally put me in relationships where the minute something, the smallest thing happens, I go, whoa, this is not right. Like we are not supposed to be like this. So your mother comes from Russia and where's your father come from? Russia. 
So they're Ashkenaz, basically, right? Yeah. Ashkenaz. Okay, so you're like me. You're Ashkenaz. So they keep everything behind closed doors. Children shouldn't know. Children seen, seen. You know. So in other words, you we are not supposed to see what's going on. The kinda should never see what's happening, right? So you wouldn't know that. Now we're Americans. Now we show everything. You know, we're Kardashian right. 101. Bring it, you know? But in their generation, they didn't do that because, first of all, they're Russian. They keep everything quiet. You know, they're mysterious. You know, they're very cold. They're very, don't show face. Almost like the Japanese, we should never show the face of what yeah. terrors we're going through. And if they were having problems, they probably got married very young and they hit a patch and they worked it out. Everybody, you know, another thing is you're going to hit patches. You're going to have highs and lows. That's what a relationship is. How you handle the patch determines how much you really love each other. That's what the problem is. And don't think every parent doesn't just because they don't fight every They don't fight. They got disagreements. They don't like the way money's being handled. They don't like the way the yeah. children are being handled. The sex fall off the wagon. Maybe one person cheated. Like, you don't know. People got needs. Well, what I mean is that when I was talking to my friend Bella about it, she grew up in such a dysfunctional household where she stayed for too long because she saw her parents really get into it and fight. I run away so quickly because I saw my parents never fighting. So then I thought that's what a relationship was supposed so to be. So your, like. your attachment styles where I'm secure and I'm like, how am I secure? My dad was an alcoholic. My mother's been married three times. My dad's been married twice. They were complete runners. I was adopted. I should be anxious avoidant and I am completely secure. I do not run from conflict. I discuss it. Let's figure it out. I am the complete opposite, which I don't know how I ended up this way. Because what I saw was a battleground. My mom stayed till the end. The Titanic was sinking and my mom was still shoveling water. And I'd be like, there's the lifeboat. Let's go. Like I wanted her to move to my grandmother in Florida. And we were going to live like on the beach in Hollywood, Florida and have a quite simple life. My mother was dreading living with her mother. She didn't get along with her mother. I love my grandmother. She was like closer to me than my mother. And I was like, let's move there. Florida's beautiful. It's so easy. We'll live in a two bedroom apartment we'll work it out blah, blah 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 my sister will go to hollywood high school like everything i went to university of miami so i loved florida it was a magical place and she didn't make any money my mom was a great salesperson college education didn't want to work wanted to be a lady who lunch which was ridiculous and every time she got a job because my father was fucking up with his business he would he'd come into the store where she worked and cause a scene like a narcissist and no woman of mine's gonna work because it's that generation so they don't have that now she should have been ceo of a company that's how brilliant my mother was Anyway, long story short, I watched this and I was like, unless it feels right, I'm not laying it down. That's what's happening. So I waited and the wrong person kept showing up. And I was like, you know, I went through experiences and relationships. I was engaged twice, but I was like, yeah, these don't feel right. And eventually I would see, no, it's not gonna work. I don't see a future. So when you don't see a future is really the first sign, get the fuck out. That's your guidance system. Your gut telling you it's not gonna work. But you're like, but wait, he gives me good orgasm. He's so cute. I don't want him to go to another girl. Oh, my God. You know, what's that going to do? You're wasting time. Now, I have a friend who's 32. just turned 32. And she called me the other day about a bad boyfriend relationship. And I said, why are you wasting time? She's my friend, best friend's daughter. I said, you know, Shy, this is ridiculous. You got to stop. You're in the window to have a kid. Let's not lose the window over this loser that you're dating because he's not the one. And you know he's not the one. But, you know, we live together. We got an apartment. We have a dog together. I'm like, oh, please. And that's what it is. You have to decide yeah, right. how, how badly do you want marriage? If that's it, then make that your job. 
Make that your mission. I know this is very anti-feminist. I know all you are yawning at me and rolling your eyes under 30. But you know what? When you turn 35 and the eggs start dropping and your gynecologist says, if you didn't freeze your eggs, you know what? You're screwed now. Think about it. Because I say the first thing you should do at a college is save all your money, get everyone to give you a dollar or whatever, put it in the bank and freeze your fucking eggs. That's when your eggs are the most fertile when you're 22. Number two, okay? If you think you have all the time in the world, you don't. You get judged by men about age. We know that, right? And not to mention the fact, why are you not focused on what you want? You know, when you want a job, you'll do anything to get that job. Why are you doing the same thing for love? Why are you fighting for love? I agree with you. I agree with you. Because I think it's the whole confusion with the sentence of everyone always tells you, well, I found love when I wasn't looking. So then I hear that. I go, great, I'm going to stay home then. But it's baloney. You have to leave your house. <laughs> Violet, you always have it in the back of your mind. One time I was working an event, big event, great expectations in Florida. And I was focused on the event. It was this huge event. I was the chair of the event. I had all these people coming at me. And a guy came up, really good looking, like a Richard Gere back when he was younger type, dressed to the nines, Zenia suit, Breitling watch, Bruno Malistin. And he looked at me and he's like, hi. And I'm like, he's from Montreal. And I go, hi. And I go, fill out your paperwork. And then I walked away. My friends are like, oh my God, he's crazy about you. I'm like, something's wrong with him financially. I knew it in my soul. I could pick up energy. You know, I can read people. Yeah. So he called me the next day at work and said, I want to ask you out. I went, what? He was like, I filled that paperwork so you'd have my telephone number. I go, when can I see you? And sure enough, he had financial problems. And I went out with him for four years and I was addicted to him. Catnip sex. You can look it in my book, become your own mash speaker. Best sex through the roof. He opened me up like, you know, like you would like, like a watermelon on a Tuesday in a, you know, a picnic. It was like, you don't want to know and spit those pits out. I mean, he was all over me. I went out four years, killer sex, but also fucking problems through the wazoo. Never committed truthfully. I broke up with him and then he, he played, we had an open relationship for three years, which I don't recommend the early days of open relationship. But the point I'm making is that these guys come in and they time waste. And that was 32 to 36. They say that uh, poor guys fuck the best because they need a place to stay. So they're just like... Not only that I need a place to stay, he read every sex book under the sun. He left his child in Toronto. I did not like that. But sex through the roof. Best sex. And it was great sex, but I got addicted. Oxytocin addiction, which we talked about. And then I wasted four years. Then years later, I get famous. He comes back. My mom's like, I had a, I was, I think I was with David at the time. And so my mom's like, you got to go out for dinner and see how you feel. So I went out to dinner with him and I was like, he still had the hots for me and I didn't have the hots for him. It's amazing. Like when you meet someone from your past who you're magically in love with, and then they see you, you see them again. You're like, yeah, why did I date him? What was wrong with it? So it's kind of great when you get that icky feeling like when I went out with him and he did come to the event looking for love and he saw me and I was a target. Now, my dad, when I was 11 years old, he was drunk, said, you made me lose all my money, which he did it on his own. I downloaded that 11, put it in my subconscious. I made my dad lose. I'm now going to pick up all these wounded birds in the street. And I did for years. And then one day, Marissa Peer, who's one of my friends, who's the big hypnotherapist on YouTube and England, she put me down and she said, oh my God, Patty, what's the first thing you remember about men with money? And that came up and I said, I didn't remember that. And she said, well, you obviously made a decision to take care of men after your father said that to you. And we wiped it. Then this wow. man 
there's a man who makes money. Yeah. So you think about it. What are the decisions you subconsciously made when you were childhood? That's your trajectory for the rest of your life. What road you're on. And that's where the inner work comes in. And that's where attracting a soulmate.com can help you because there's programs on there that are going to unleash those layers and clean. You want to clean yourself out. It's like you clean yourself yeah. every day. You take a shower. You must clean your subconscious every day. Some people meditate. Other people do med uh, hypnosis. I'm a really big believer in hypnosis and subliminals. I love subliminals. They're amazing. What does a subliminal mean? A subliminal is a subconscious statement that is at a very low frequency. It's called isochronics and biochronics that can hit your subconscious and change your belief system. So all you're going to do is listen to music. You don't hear the words and you just go on your daily walk or cleaning your house. We have ones for when you sleep. We have ones for just, you know, in the day. You don't have to be asleep. You could listen to them in the car. They're not going to put you to sleep. They're not like spa music. It's going to change your frequency because you're going to change your belief system. When you change your belief system, the gates are open. You want to open those gates to let the new good stuff come in, the good stuff. I mean, honestly, I just say it's so interesting to me when I notice when someone's in a good relationship, it's interesting how their whole energy and their whole vibe changes. I mean, compared to your energy from when I interviewed you last and now it's just other people may not notice, but it's just insane. Like I can feel your energy. You're so happy. You're so inviting and your energy is so open. It's it's honestly, it's insane. Obviously, when I'm feeling good, I want to help others. When I'm not so feeling good, I don't want to help others. I'm kind of, I mean, I ran away from TV. I didn't get fired off of Bravo. I went to do We. They offered me a third season. I said, you know, I need to do other stuff. And I went and produced all these movies at Hallmark. And we had a series on Hallmark till um, the new president changed. She got rid of the channel. It was called, the, it's called Matchmaker Mysteries. You can watch it with Danica McKellar if you go back in time. I made one of the first all black movies at Hallmark. And now I'm doing other stuff with Netflix. We're doing with Andrew Brewer from The Kissing Booth and Alan Scott from The Queen's Gambit. We start work in July, basically based on my life. I'm 16 years old. My grandmother and my mother are matchmakers in Jersey. Mrs. Maisel's going away on Amazon. Hopefully we can take the throne about a good Jewish family out of Jersey. And it's it's all the, you know, the stuff that my mother and my grandmother went through and my aunt went through because my aunt was the matchmaker in New York. And so basically, sometimes you want to do other things. You get stuck in a pigeonhole. I love Bravo. Obviously, that's where my family is and where we started this whole career together. But there are a lot of times I went to film school and I wanted to do other things and I wanted to be a screenwriter and a producer, you know, for scripted as well as unscripted. So we're still doing other unscripted stuff. There'll probably be announcements soon about a show I'm doing next year. But the thing that we that I loved is that I got the opportunity. I saved my money. You know, you take a year off you, and you work, you don't get paid right away. So I saved my money. I still have my core business and anybody can join the Millionaires Club, 123.com. The gates are open. Just register. If you're a millionaire and you want me to personally fix you up, just DM me. It's really easy. Patty Stanger, P-A-T-T-I. But the thing that got was wonderful is that I got to do other things. Now we're talking about doing a podcast, you know. We're talking to some major channels and we're talking because I had one in the I, had, I was one of the first podcasts in the original days, a big clubhouse I had, you know, so it's like you get to do other things. And that's when I think you really get happier when you're not pigeonholed and doing the same thing in and out like Groundhog Day, because you can't you can't grow that way. And then when you're growing, feeling good about work and feeling good about yourself. Then men come in because they see you happy. Men don't like unhappy. And they want to ruin it. I'm kidding. 
Right. Men don't like unhappy women, but you also need to make the decision. I will, your mother would not accept anything less than what your father is. So you have to like say to yourself without a crazy list to the floor, like that celebrity did to me, I will only want this. And if you don't come, I'm not interested. I don't, I'm not going to get invested until you show me what I can have. Cause you're actually, you're actually putting it out to the universe, what I want. And what comes in may not be exactly what you want, but be open if it's a good dude. Like, in other words, it may not be physically what you want, but you're sexually attracted. I 100% agree with you. I was sat over a guy and my assistant was asking me, well, what did you like about him? And I said, well, he was British. And she goes, okay, and? And I was like, um, well, I, and then she's like, okay, V, so you're not heartbroken over this guy. You just like them because you have an accent. Guess what? There's a ton of other men in England, all have accents. You can find them there. And I was like, that makes sense. You know, you, I don't know if it's still around, but Britu Brunch, have you tried that? <laughs> no. It's at Chaconi's and it used to be once a week. And it was like a breakfast lunch thing where all the Brits in LA come out. And they, I went to it once. It was cool. A lot of cute guys. And they basically shoot the shit but it was pre-covid i don't know if it's still happening it's on facebook you can check it out um but it's britsu brunch they've also have aussies that do that too do you think women that are very powerful or for example i hear a lot that i can be intense do i have to calm down my intensity to not scare off men or am i just dating the wrong men you know when i get men is usually when i'm quiet when I listen, then talk more. So maybe do this thing that I do, which will not scare them away. Less is more, don't talk as much. For every three questions or every three statements he makes, make one and start to listen to what he's saying. Pay attention because the listening is gonna tell you what kind of dude you have, not the talking. So it might be beneficial, try it, it's an experiment. Every you are so right. Thing, every single thing we do is an experiment. This works, that doesn't work, this could work, that could maybe work. You wanna be able to experiment and you're not gonna get any experimentation unless you get the fuck out of the house and start dating. So try it, you got nothing to lose. You're so right, my friend said that before. She goes, it's the same way we give up sex. Like I'm not gonna give up all my personality right off the bat, like you have to no. hang out with me, you have to get to know me. Like I'll give you an example. So I have a little anxiety when you're waiting for the phone call. Okay, so the phone call doesn't come in for 24 hours. Now you've like, you hate him, you've he's an asshole, he's this. And then I thought to myself, what if I text him? So I text him, I say, hey babe, hope you're having a great day. And he says, oh my God, I was just about to call you. And then he calls me. And then he says, I, my day got crazy. I got sick, I had salmon poisoning, whatever. And then the next day he calls me all day. So it's like, it's you working through your past trauma of other guys doing this to you, but stop blaming the last guy for the new guy. The new guy didn't do anything wrong. It was just because this last person gaslit me. I have PTSD, which I have to work on me, not him. This isn't his problem. This is my problem. Yes, that happened to me with the last guy where I didn't hear from him for a whole day. And I said, you know what? I don't chase guys. I'm, I'm not doing this. And once I said it out loud to my assistant, she goes, that's intense. And I said, you're right. I just realized I had to do with the last guy who did this to me. I freaked out and right. this guy didn't do anything. Like he didn't owe me anything. By the way, when you have a successful man, he's moving and shaking. He ain't sitting around. Like he'll tell me his entire day from soup to nuts what he did. And I'm like yawning at the third thing because it's all work. And the truth of the matter is not chasing pussies, not fucking on Instagram or, you know, he doesn't even have social media. I let get a guy who doesn't have social media. That's the guy. That doesn't is not those guys. Like looking, looking, looking all day long. Oh, DM this or checking like if they have forty thousand followers, checking their their DMs to see, oh, what shit came in this week? Because my last one was in the in that kind of wellness field, so he had a million people coming in to check him out. All these women, I was like, ugh, vomit. 
you know? So that's the thing. You have to realize like you're paying for the sins of the father and the son did nothing, which you don't have to do. Yes. Okay, so before we exit, what's the best advice you've ever gotten or given? Nothing good happens after 11 o'clock at night. Go home. <laughs> I love that. My mother said that. Always leave them wanting more. Less is more, my mother said. Okay, so where can people find you? Uh, Patty Stanger, obviously P-A-T-T-I-S-T-A-N-G-E-R at Instagram and Millionaires Club, 123.com. And if you want to buy Matchmaker Fragrance, which is worth everything, this, this is going to do all your dating. You don't have to do shit. Just go out of the house. And this is Eye of Love, E-Y-E of love.com. And when does the fragrance come out? It's already out. It's already, it's already out. out. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Okay, I bye. Thank you so much. One moment. I told you you have a boyfriend. The next time we talk, okay, I'm putting all magical fairy dust on you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Right. It's been okay. it's been a pleasure. Have a beautiful day. Bye.